welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I'm your host, Nick Chanov, and today is all about seafood, which I know can be contentious. I feel like either you love it or you hate it. Like my grandma, she hates seafood. But me, on the other hand, I... I see food, I eat it, you know? I, I love almost all of it. I feel like, I don't know, like squid and octopus or something that kind of like freaks me out a little bit. Calamari, which I think is squid, right? Or is it octopus? Oh my gosh, no, octopus is octopus. Squid is calamari, right? I should look that up as I talk. But I feel, it's like I could do the rings, but I don't like eating like the head. It's uh, it's not great. And when I order like sushi, if like I, I can never do like an eel roll. I'm literally typing into Google. What is calamari? Oh, it's squid. Okay, that's what I thought, you know. But I just wanted to check. Oh my gosh, uh, what a week! I'm recording this on Wednesday, um, but I saw I saw Lizzo over the weekend, you guys, and it was a great concert. Oh my gosh, we had a blast. She puts on, as you can imagine, like the best show possible. And she played all the songs that I wanted her to play. I'm more familiar with her first album. I listened to her second album, but I didn't like, I didn't dive in. You know what I mean? I mean, it's hard to top because I love you, which is her first album. But there's some some real bangers on the second one, too. So that was that was a lot of fun. And in other news, too, the agency that I submitted my voiceover demo reel to decided that they'd like to represent me, which is very cool. So by the time this episode comes out... Uh, paperwork, will, paperwork will be signed. It's not official yet, but the ball is in motion. Um, it's super exciting, so I can't wait to see where that goes. I've, I've wanted to really take that next step into voiceover stuff and to get signed with someone. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll let you know if you guys, if I book any commercials or voiceover stuff. Um, it's super cool. So super pumped for that. It's been an exciting week, um, and I think that's all that I have to report. I think. So let's get into this episode. This is Back to Basics, Season 16, Episode 2, Cook Like a Pro, Seafood. Ina begins. I'm talking cooking with seafood. First, chopino, an amazing stew with cod, shrimp, scallops, and mussels that's an incredible one-pot meal. Next, back-to-back ceviche. Back-to-back? That's not what I meant to say. (laughs) Uh, I think there's an autocorrect. Next, back scallop ceviche. What did that... I don't know what that should have uh, corrected to, but now I'm curious. So I'm going to pause and see what I what I meant to type. Okay, so I looked it up, and it's bay scallop ceviche. Back scallop ceviche. It sounds like uh, if anyone's an Alyssa Edwards fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, back rolls, back scallops. Uh, but no, we it is bay scallop ceviche. So let me... Let's back it up. Let me get back into my Ina mode here. So, okay. Next, bay scallop ceviche with marinated raw scallops is an incredible, easy, no-cook appetizer that looks very fancy. <laughs> I got another typo. No-coo is what it wrote. Oh, my gosh. I'm all over the place, folks. Here we go. Then, I'm making fresh salmon with melting cherry tomatoes. It's a fast and foolproof dinner. And finally, there's a perfect high-low mix Warm lobster rolls, a classic with the volume turned way up. That's all. (laughs) That was quite an adventure there. Uh, But typos are sometimes funny. 
Okay, so we start out with this uh, Chopino, which is a, it's actually a restaurant in Pittsburgh. And I think I've been there, I feel like I've only had drinks there. It's a really cute, it's like a really nice date night spot, like in the Strip District, which sounds like, Strip District sounds like very, uh, (laughs) what's the word, risque, but it's, I don't know why it's called the Strip District. Actually, I should know that. Uh, but I'm not going to look it up. I'm done looking up things uh, for this episode, but who knows, unless it's something really worth looking up. But So we start out with this uh, the Chapino. She shows us the cod, shrimp, scallops, and mussels that are in the fridge, just chilling there, which are for later. Uh, but right now she needs a. She grabs the quart of seafood stock, and she already has some fennel and some onions sautéing away in her Dutch oven. And to that she adds three cloves of garlic, some whole fennel seeds, crushed and some crushed red pepper and then she tells us that chapino is a dish originated in san francisco of all places by italian fishermen it almost feels like this is false but i feel like it has to be true i'm not going to look it up i trust i trust you Ina. but basically what she does she describes it as um if one fisherman went out for the day and didn't catch anything that the other fishermen would just share a little bit of their of their bounty of their catch with them and so they can make like a stew for their family. So it's a little bit of everything, which I, I love. Uh, so now it's time for uh, some crushed San Marzano tomatoes. She also adds some white wine and some salt and some pepper to the, uh, to the pot. And then she adds four cups of that delicious seafood stock, which Ina made homemade. Sheesh, this is, I feel like it's, it's really not that hard to make. Like, no stock is hard to make. It's just like a labor of love, I feel. So it always is like, oh, who's got the time? But we do like a little bit of a flashback into how she makes it. So this is how we make fish stock. So, or seafood stock, sorry. So Ina gets a big, you know, a pot and gets some olive oil. And then she puts shrimp shells from one pound of large shrimp. Uh, And then she adds some yellow onions, some carrots, and some celery to that. And then she lets that cook for a bit uh, and then adds some garlic, a few quarts of water, or maybe like more than a few because this, you know, it makes a lot of stock. She adds some dry white wine, a third cup of tomato paste, some fresh thyme, and finally some salt and pepper. And then like most socks, (laughs) like most socks, like most stocks, she lets it simmer for an hour and then strains the stock through a sieve and pours it into a quart container. I don't know if it just makes one quart. I don't know. I feel like that's a jip. You know what I mean? Um, But anyway, um, what does she say? Oh, so we're back into the present and she says, I know it's it takes time to make your own seafood stock, but I think it's really worth it for the depth of flavor. And then she says, you know, but if you can't do that, then just buy it from your, you know, seafood shop, which not everyone has, by the way, Ina, you know, um, but it's, you know, I, I feel like it's always I feel like I've seen episodes or covered episodes where she has like a fish stock or seafood stock that she bought. So I, to my recollection, this is the first time I've ever seen her make seafood stock so you know maybe she made it before but this is my first time that i've noticed so now it's time for some seafood she starts out with some cod because it's got a a firm flesh which which sounds gross um but you know it holds up in the i almost said the soup but what is this the chopino because it it, you need something that's going to be able to hold up to all that because it she doesn't want it to fall apart which uh, i guess cod is up for the challenge 
Next up is the shrimp, then the scallops, followed by the mussels, which have been soaking in some water with a little bit of flour. Uh, she drains the mussels and makes sure that they're all closed, and then into the pot they go. And she cooks all of this for about 10 minutes, and that's it. I, I think, you know, I said it before, like, seafood dishes are so convenient and delicious obviously too but it, it they take so little to uh you know the amount of time it makes to it takes to make them is just such a i was gonna say deal breaker but what's the opposite of deal breaker um i don't know what word am i looking for here folks it's convenient <laughs> it's been a long day my vocabulary is just uh i don't know out to lunch um so she lifts off the lid after those 10 minutes. It looks so good. It kind of reminds me almost like a, a paella with, without like the rice and all the other bits too. So she adds a tablespoon of Pernod, which is an anise-flavored liqueur. It doesn't sound too appetizing, but I know, you know, I trust her. I feel like it's important for the dish. Uh, she also has some garlic toast that has been toasting away in the oven. A baguette to be more specific. Uh, and she does that thing where she like takes a piece of garlic and rubs it on the bread afterwards. I feel like it was just like olive oil and uh, no butter, I don't think. But I love a good, I, I just love a good garlic bread. I love anything, especially like any sort of like soup or they could just dip like a crusty piece of bread in at the end. Oh, so good. Uh, so she, that's pretty much it. She she pulls out like a low, shallow white bowl and ladles some out some of the soup into it. I'm calling it soup. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Um, I was going to call it like a seafood stew, maybe. I don't know. But y'all, this looks so good. I'd be so into this. She puts like a little sprinkle of parsley on it after and garnishes it with like two pieces of that garlic toast. And she takes a bite and says, so good. Yes, I agree. <sighs> I wish someone, I wish someone could just like make me these delicious foods every day. But until then, it is time for some bay scallop, not back scallop <laughs> ceviche. Uh, and Ina reminds us, usually this is made with fish, but she's doing base scallops instead. So she starts by taking off, I never knew this. I mean, I, I, gosh, the amount of times I've actually made scallops in my life is probably like three times or less, but there's like a little muscle on the base scallops that she like kind of takes off with a knife. I, I never even knew that was a thing. So maybe the scallops that I had already had it taken off. I'm like questioning everything now, but either way. Uh, she pours uh, a half a cup of freshly squeezed lime juice over the scallops, which is going to cure it or basically cook the scallops, which just seems like wild to me. Like who who thought of this? How do they figure that out? I don't know. Um, but in uh, on top of the lime juice, she also adds some salt and then gives it a big stir and then just sets that aside. And while that's doing its thing, Ina tells us about some other seafood appetizers that she's made. And I feel like this is... A trend with like the later episodes of Back to Basics. It's like, it's like a time filler, and I don't necessarily, I don't love it, but I don't hate it at the same time. It's just like, all right, well, it's almost like who cares, but also I'm into it. I don't know how to describe it. Chime in if you know what I'm talking about here. But basically, she talks about um, roasted shrimp louis, which I've never heard of, um, but. It's basically, uh, you know, a roasted shrimp with like a, a platter on a platter with like some spicy cocktail sauce. So I did Google what shrimp louis is, and it's a popular salad in the South where shrimp are tossed with mayo, chopped green onions and Cajun seasoning. That sounds really yummy to me. I'm assuming like the shrimp are like in the sauce, though. So maybe this is like a deconstructed version of that. 
I don't know. Sounds delicious in both forms, though, in my opinion. And then she talks about blinis with creme fraiche, smoked salmon, and a sprig of dill. I feel like I did an episode with blinis. Not bellinis, but blinis. And it's like a savory pancake. It looks great. And then salmon tartare and a citrus dressing with shallots, capers, and dill. This sounds delicious. Um, and around the bowl of the, the tartare are just like rye bread triangles on the side. Ugh. I feel like a dish like that would not take a lot to make, and it, it feels like a big showstopper. And finally, we have mussels and a hot garlicky broth with saffron mayo, which sounds like decadence, really. So now we're back to the present, and Ina is chopping up some hot house cucumbers for the ceviche, uh, one cup to be exact of the cucumbers, and then we have half a cup of shallots, a little bit of scallions, some red bell pepper, and half an avocado. And she peels the avocado, like once she cuts it in half, she pops the, what's it called, the core, the seed? I don't know what that's called. The ball. The little ball in the middle of the avocado. Um, she She pops that out, and then she just like traces her finger around the edge of the avocado and just like it just like falls out so easily i feel like i've tried to do do that before and it didn't it didn't work out in my favor but it always does for her so i was happy for her and she gives it a chop on the board but what i always do is just hold it and then like chop it in my hand but my knives are like dull i feel like if if she had like you know ina's knives are probably like sharp all the time and you know never go dull but I guess this is the safer route, but, you know, for us folks at home, I think you're fine with just chopping it in the shell or the skin, I guess. Um, So she puts that in to the vegetables, and then she adds some jalapeno and some chopped parsley. And Ina says, I know, I know, it should be cilantro, but not when I'm cooking. Hmm. And we all know Ina hates cilantro. She says something like, um, I feel like she says, it just overpowers everything. It's so strong. And... I, I see where she's coming from, but I also feel like if you have that aversion to cilantro, like it probably tastes awful and that's all you can taste. But I love cilantro. So, I mean, you know, if I'm making it, the cilantro's going in. Sorry, Ina. I actually don't think I have anyone close to me, like in my friend circle or like family that has that same affliction that love of like hating cilantro So that I know of. I don't know. Um, so she finishes up, finishes this up, excuse me, by adding some garlic and then, uh, she makes a quick lime vinaigrette, which is pretty simple. It's almost like her lemon vinaigrette. She says it's, it's lime juice, olive oil, salt, pepper, and then a little sriracha for a little bit of heat, which I like. Um, she gives that all a big stir and then puts in her scallops, uh, puts it in her scallops, uh, in the bowl And then she serves this up uh, inside some bib lettuce leaves, which I think is so chic. She gets like a big white platter and then like spoons out a little bit of ceviche into each leaf. And it looks so vibrant and like beautiful. And I think she says something like this this would be a great first course for any dinner, especially if you're having meats. Um, You know, why not have a little bit of seafood for the first entree or first course or whatever? Um, And it sounds delicious in this like fake scenario where I have a dinner party and make this, which will be, you know, never. But um, it looks really good. And uh, she plates it up and she like holds it. She's like, I would say that looks like a party. And um, that's that. She doesn't take a bite. Um, But I do like lettuce wraps, you know, so good. So now it's time for some salmon with uh, these melting cherry tomatoes, which sounds gross. 
Um, but and I like tomatoes. I just I've, I've talked about it on the podcast. I don't love like roasted tomatoes unless they're with something. Like I can never eat roasted tomatoes as a side. I think that's gross. But I do love tomatoes and like raw tomatoes. But I think this is this is definitely an exception where I would I would make an exception exception for this dish because it it does look really good and there's salmon to like eat it with. So let's get into this. She already has some Vidalia onions sauteing away, which she adds some garlic to, and then she adds two cups of cherry tomatoes. I think she halved them before she puts them in as well. Uh, and then she puts some salt and pepper, and this will cook down for about 10 minutes, she says. And then she goes back to the salmon. Oh, did I skip the salmon? Oh, wait, hold on. I skipped some. I skipped something in my notes, folks. Oh, my goodness. Then let me go back here. Let me go back. Okay, so I forgot to start with the salmon. So she basically she seasons the salmon with some olive oil, salt, and pepper. She has four eight-ounce salmon fillets. And then she sears it in a cast iron skillet, uh, skin side up at first, and she cooks that for three minutes without moving it. And while the salmon is cooking is when she makes the, you know, starts to prep the cherry tomatoes, which I just just talked about. So after the cherry tomatoes, as the cherry tomatoes, excuse me, are cooking, she goes back to the salmon and gives it a flip. And let me tell you, this flip, my salmon never looks like this. I've never cooked. I mean, I we have a cast iron skillet. And I just feel like I'm never doing it right, you know? I know, like, there's, like, this whole process of, like, seasoning. And I've, I've never put it in the dishwasher. Like, I know not to use soap. But then I've seen TikTok videos where you can use soap. I don't know what to believe anymore. But um, this is all to say, every time I cook salmon, I do start with the skin side. I think I start skin side down. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe that's it. I don't know why I... Maybe, like, I thought it said on the package, like, a couple times when... Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with all this. Um, I'm like questioning every salmon I've ever made. But I, when she flips this, it just looks like looks like a commercial. It looks so beautiful, and I'm like, ah, why doesn't my salmon look like that? But I guess, I guess I kind of know because I just answered my question because I start with the skin down instead of up. Um, this is all to say, after this, she puts it into the oven, 425 degrees for eight minutes. And then we flash forward eight minutes and the salmon is done. It looks so good. It's picture perfect. She plates it on a white platter and that's, uh, she puts some foil on top of it to let it rest. And while it's resting, she goes back to the tomatoes that are all popped and melty. Ugh, sounds gross. But she sprinkles some basil into it and then puts some balsamic vinaigrette into it off the heat. That's a nice touch if I do say so myself. And then she pours this, uh, the tomatoes over the salmon. It does look really good. Again, I would make an exception for this dish with the hot tomatoes because it just looks... It'd be good. There's something to eat it with. I could use some of that garlic toast, to be honest, because, you know, the tomato and the juices. I need something, some kind of bread. And now for the grand finale, the lobster rolls. Uh, so she talks about... Because I know there are two different types of lobster rolls, and she talks about growing up, like... I think she said like east of Long Island, uh, where the lobster rolls are served cold. It's a cold lobster salad inside a hot dog bun. But once she had Connecticut uh, lobster rolls, she kind of never went back. And Connecticut is like it's a toasted bun and war like a warm lobster inside. And I feel like one of them is a little bit is one of them like a little bit more like mayonnaise-y and the other one is a little bit more like buttery. I think the Connecticut one is definitely buttery, or at least from the recipe that we're about to talk about. I feel like I've had both. Um, 
I'm going to be honest here. I've had a lot of lobster rolls in my life, and I find... I I, fi- I find that I've never had an, one that makes me like, I don't like question everything. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, where has this been all my life? Like, they're always great, and I do, they're always delicious. But like, I never had a really great lobster roll. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we're going to New Hampshire in July, I think, of this year, and uh, you know, we don't really get out too much. I'm only going up for the weekend. Kian's gonna be there for like a week. Uh, but I, I feel like I need suggestions. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're only going to be in Manchester, New Hampshire, but like, I feel maybe even in Pittsburgh, is there a, a lobster roll in Pittsburgh? I doubt it that, um, you know, has a lobster roll that's going to change my life. I don't know, but I just, I just want that feeling. And maybe this is the, the lobster roll of my life, of my dreams rather. But, um, I feel like the same goes for mac and cheese, I've had a lot of mac and cheeses at like restaurants before and none have ever like knocked my socks off. So I don't know what it is. And I don't know, maybe it's like the bar is too high or maybe people have built up the lobster roll so much in my life that I, I'm never, I don't know, I'm never completely satisfied. So the search continues. But anyway, let's get back to Ina's lobster roll. So she's cutting up some cooked lobster, which she shows us how to cook in a flashback. And I don't, again, this is like a, an episode of firsts for me. I don't ever remember Ina showing us how to cook lobster before. Normally she like has someone do it for her. Um, so she puts them in a pot, the lobsters that is, of course. And she tells us that they have been killed humanely by the seafood shop. And I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I feel like they just like stab a knife into their brain or something like that. Because when she picked them up, it almost looked like they were still moving. And I was like, are these lobsters alive? Are we about to see, like, murder on our screens? But um, I guess they were already dead, folks. So so there's that. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about how to cook a lobster. You, you put it in, you boil it, and then she showed us how to, like, crack it and get the meat out. So uh, now it's time for these hot dog rolls, which are top split, which I think makes such a difference. I love that. Um, and she, she toasts them in some butter to get them nice and crisp. And in a different saucepan, she cooks up the chopped lobster in a few tablespoons of butter, along with some celery, salt, and pepper. And while that cooks for a few minutes, she chops up some dill and parsley, which she then adds to the lobster uh, off the heat. And then she adds some lemon juice from half a lemon for some brightness. And now it's time to plate. And so she lines up her little buns in a row and... Fills them with the lobster mixture. They they look great. They always look great, you know? And um, she squeezes some fresh lemon juice on top, and she puts, like, a little bit of the herbs on the side. And she, she like, picks it up. This is almost like in the vein of, like, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. She says, I would say it's lunch somewhere in the world. Hmm. And then she picks up a lobster roll and says, yum. And then she takes a bite as the episode fades to black. What an episode, folks. We learned how to make, uh, you know, seafood stock. We learned that lobsters can be killed humanely. And I did look it up, actually, as I was recording this episode. I took a pause. And you don't want to know how to kill lobsters humanely because death is death. (laughs) Like, it just sounds so awful. I I don't like it. Even though I obviously will eat lobster, it's it's like one of those things where, like, I don't want to know how they're killed. I just want to eat them, which is barbaric. But, you know, I do love lobster. Um, So I think... 
that's all I have for you folks this week. So thank you again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic that also works too. And of course, if you are not already, you should sign up for The Good Patreon, which is The Good Vanilla's Patreon, where you can get this episode one day earlier every week and an extra bonus episode, a splash of The Good Vanilla. That's four bonus episodes a week. A week. <laughs> not a week. But of course, you can find that on www.patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.